0: Saturday morning. Welcome to the Joy of Gardening by Brooks. I'm Tom Estabrook and another Saturday morning. Gosh, it's been a wet, cold spring, but now things are really taking off. Uh, all the lawns are greened up. I've mowed my lawn. I don't know if you have yet, but... Uh, You know, things are are moving along. I've got my fertilization done on my shrubs. Um, My apple trees are starting to push growth. Uh, So a lot of things are really starting to happen in my yard, and I'm sure they're happening in your yard also. You could be in the tundra up in northern Maine uh, where, let's just face it, there may still be snow. Um, It's been a cold, wet spring, uh, totally different than last year. Gosh, I mean, if you think back last year, we were 80 degrees and sunny and beautiful for most of March and into uh, April, and and we were just running gangbusters. It's been a little slower this year, but, you know, the birds are singing. Uh, Perennials are coming out of the greenhouses soon. Uh, They're ready to start planting. I'm mowing my lawn. Uh, The lawn fertilizer, you ought to be getting that down, especially if you're looking at crabgrass prevention. Spring and mud season is definitely here. Hopefully we're getting past mud season and just into spring now, but uh the other question is have you started your tomatoes yet? If you haven't, you're really starting to become a little bit late. So run into the garden centers, grab your tomato uh you know seeds and get those started. Uh if you've been able to get out and work in your your vegetable garden, Patriot's Day is the target date for getting your peas in the ground to have them ready. For the 4th of July, you know, to have with that nice lobster and corn on the cob, you know, out of a can, I guess, because it's a little too early. But uh, it's that time of year. Uh, Maybe some strawberry shortcake uh, around that 4th of July might be a better choice. Um, The greenhouses are absolutely bursting with color. We have so many things in bloom now, uh, and I've got to tell you, I've I've said it time and time again uh, throughout these shows, uh, this early spring and late winter, we have so much new stuff. Uh, uh, every day I walk through the greenhouses, and uh, uh, there's another new type of plant that I see. So my brother's doing uh, a great job. My brother Andy does uh, heads up all the growing, and uh, he's doing a wonderful job. Um, and the nursery is just bustling with people planting trees and shrubs so it's time to get started also all three stores are open Yarmouth is open from eight to six every day Scarborough from nine to six and Kennebunk from eight to five so we're going to kind of get the show started with some questions today. We're just going to kind of take a bunch of questions. They've been kind of piling up over the last couple of weeks. And uh, with guests like Tim Lindsay and Carlos Keanu from of Maine, in the last couple of weeks, um, we haven't got to all the questions. So today we're going to focus on questions. So the first question is from Jen, and she's from Saco. And her question is fresh herbs. She always goes to the grocery store and buys fresh herbs, and a lot of times she's buying basil and whatnot, and she sees they have roots on them, and there's a little bit of water in the bag, but she never really has a good success of keeping those long-term. We also have a question about lettuce, which is very similar from Taru. Uh, in Kennebunk, and his question is about Boston lettuce that's packed in those plastic containers and they've got the roots on them. Well, they kind of go hand in hand, both these questions, because both of these items are being grown hydroponically in a greenhouse someplace. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, Most of them are probably uh, the herbs are from Olivia's Gardens in New Gloucester, um, out on Pineland Farms. But... They really don 't transplant well into soil because they 've been grown to harvest at that point. Taru 's question is really wrapped around lettuce is you know the center of the head the leaves aren 't really big enough, so can he plant them into a container and grow it out and have bigger lettuce you know and save those those leaves? I would say probably not. You could try it, but my the likelihood is that that lettuce is be going to become very bitter the lettuce head has grown to its full potential. They harvest it and ship it to the stores. And the likelihood is that that probably is the lifespan of that particular item. Um, if you do pot it up, you may get some more extra growth out of it, but I think the leaves will be quite bitter. But, uh, hey, give it a shot. Uh, that's my my opinion. I'm not sure exactly what the scenario would be there. Give it a shot. See what happens. But my, my Just watch out for the bitter taste of that lettuce. Um, As far as the fresh herbs like basil and whatnot that you you buy in the grocery store, it's very tough for them to put on root system after you've got all that top growth. So it's better to harvest them and go ahead and use them in your food and or whatnot. If you're looking for fresh herbs, it's better to buy them in a pot all started in soil. You can start a nice windowsill garden. Um, We have those available now and it's a good way to kind of jump start the spring and then once we get to the end of may you plant them out in a nice container out on the deck or in the garden and they just take off like gangbusters right now we have a a, a whole whole line of herbs available and the other thing is cat grass i wanted to talk a little bit about cat grass because People don't realize how important this is for their their, uh, cats. It really helps with digestion. And it also, if your cat is eating all your other plants, they're craving grass, especially an indoor cat. Um, it helps with settling their stomach, and so if you don't want them to eat your house plants, purchase some cat grass periodically. Um, you also, if you have some extra grass seed in the house, you know you could go ahead and just seed it in a nice tray. My suggestion: use a smaller pot. You don't want it to become a litter box. You just need to be cautious about that. But certainly, cat grass is a very important thing. Wheat grass is a good way to go. So, always if your cats are a Attacking your other plants, your flowering in-house plants, um, you know, give them something they can chew on. So that's a, that's a good, uh, good tip to keep your cat happy. And let's face it, we want to keep all those cat lovers happy too. Um, we've also got another question, um, Jim from Arundel. I would like to purchase a Japanese maple. I'm not sure with the hardiness on Japanese maples and where and when I should plant them. That's an excellent question. It's probably, you know, there's nothing better than a Japanese maple. It's just the coolest plant. There's so many varieties. Some are more hardy than others. A few things I always like to kind of caution people about Japanese maples, and, and most nurseries don't guarantee them. Um, and part of the reason is customers plant them in the worst spots. So Japanese maples, they can be a little tender, but more often than not, you can have very good success. Number one I always recommend people do is start out smaller than larger. If you have a tough spot, say you have a very windy spot, it's good to start with a smaller plant and let it acclimate than buying a 10-foot tree, big, beautiful, spending thousands of dollars, plunk it out in that field, and watch it wither away it's just not a plant that likes to get acclimated in a windy condition so that's number one keep them out of the wind number two is make sure and talk with your local nursery which varieties are better blood good is a variety we've been selling for 25 plus years it really holds up well it's a nice dark leaf But again starting smaller than larger is always a good chance if you have um a protected spot out of the wind. And when I say wind, I'm not worried about the summer. I'm worried about winter wind, that north, northeast wind. You know, if you plant it in an area between two houses and there's a wind tunnel or you see in the winter months, you see a lot of snow drifting in your yard. That's, a, that's telling me you've got a fair amount of wind. Now, if you have a stockade fence and some evergreen plantings and a protected yard, you you have a lot more options. But Blood Goods are a really good one. Um, we sell them in all sizes. It's certainly a variety that I would recommend if you're just starting out. They range from probably, say, $60 up to uh, $1,600, $1,800, depending on the variety but Japanese maples, they come in all shapes and sizes. You have some that look more like an umbrella that are weeping and have a more lacy foliage. Those are called dissectums, uh, and those are more tender than the larger leaf ones like Bloodgood, Emperor One, Oshio Beni. Uh, we carry a whole host of different ones then you also have full moon maples now these are are even hardier than your traditional Japanese maple that you see planted around now your full moon maples come in also weeping forms and upright forms they come in yellow leaves and green leaves no red leaves in a full moon maple unfortunately but the nice part about full moon is the fall color this beautiful orange red fall color and they also have a beautiful red flower when they first leaf out in the spring so there are other attributes With Japanese maples, if you have more shade, we would recommend you go more towards a green leaf variety or a yellow leaf variety. Due to the fact if you put a red leaf Japanese maple in shade, it will turn green or off color. It needs that photosynthesis to keep that dark red color. And that's a good, good rule of thumb. Any dark foliage needs to really be in full sun. And when I say full sun, what I consider full sun is 4 to 6 direct hours of sunlight. It's not all day sun. So if you have 4 hours, that's pretty good. 6 hours, you can plant anything for full sun. Even if it goes into shade for 3 or 4 hours, that's fine. But the one thing I do recommend is any of those dark leaf, you know, whether it be purple sand cherry, the nine barks, dark leaf with Dark leaf Japanese maples, those are all options that if you don't have enough sun, you probably will notice that the plant will start to show more green leaves. It'll still have some red leaves, but it'll be more muted. If that's the case, then you probably need to move that plant into more sun. They still will thrive. They'll still grow. They just won't have that vivid color you're looking for. So with Japanese maples, the big thing is winter protection also. So if you start off with a smaller plant, what I always tell people is let's give it some extra protection so we put four stakes in the ground and we put burlap around the stakes I don't like putting burlap for protection right onto plants my opinion is it's it's best to keep them off the plants if possible and the reason being is that that burlap when the sun hits it can warm up and you can burn the plant in the winter months with Japanese maples I also want the snow to fall down inside that burlap There's nothing better for insulation in the winter months than snow. Um, And it also will protect wind. It will protect from that drifting snow. But it will allow the snow to fall down in around the base and be able to protect. So I would certainly say don't hesitate to try a Japanese maple. Um, We'll have a good selection in our Kennebunk store. They also can show you many different sizes and available um, price points um, out of our Yarmouth store also. But certainly try it. There's nothing better than a Japanese maple. Doesn't matter what form you have, doesn't matter what type. And the last thing with Japanese maples, it's very very important that you talk to us about frost protection. Japanese maples when the first the first year when you plant them, they're always ahead of schedule because we have to bring them in from out of state. So we have we bring them in from all over the country, everything from Oregon to Connecticut. And the one thing about it is they're always ahead of schedule. Right now, I have a bunch of Japanese maples. They're in our barn in Yarmouth. And every day, we pull them out of the barn. We get them into nice sunlight. And then every night, we put them in the barn to protect them. So we're taking all the steps. But if you want the best selection, it's best to come in, pay for them, tag them, get them all set aside. And then when we feel it's right for you to go ahead and plant them, We'll give you a call. We'll set up delivery or whatnot and get them shipped to your yard so you can put them in the ground. Last year, we definitely had some problems with frost damage. And the reason being was we had such a beautiful spring and then we turned off cold again. So we always want to be cautious about that. Let us do the work. That's why we're here. Um, We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from The Joy of Gardening on News Talk, WLOB.
1: Do you have planting insurance? You can with Biotone Starter Plus from Mespoma. It's the ultimate starter plant food, and you can use it for everything you plant. Just mix it in with the soil. It works like three products in one to guarantee your success, even in poor soils. The secret is a special blend of natural organic plant food, beneficial microbes, and mycorrhizal fungi. The result is that plants grow faster, roots grow deeper, and flowers and vegetables become more abundant. Maintain your plants with the Tones, a full line of organic plant foods including Holly Tone, Plant Tone, and Rose Tone. There's a Tone for almost every tree, shrub, flower, or vegetable. Best of all, every Espoma product is safe for people, pets, and the environment. Look for Biotone Starter Plus at your local garden center and visit espoma.com slash videos for product info and valuable gardening tips. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. I want a great garden this year, but I don't know where to start. Does this sound like you? With so many great plants available, it can be tough knowing which ones are right for you and your home. The gardening pros at Estabrooks can help. Every time I come, they're always helpful to us. They are really knowledgeable about things because I don't know that much about gardening, so they always tell me what you know would be right in my house and the sun and the setting. To learn more, visit Estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. We know you have lots of choices when buying plants and garden supplies.
2: Wouldn't you rather come to someone at your local garden center where you know us and we know you?
0: Someone who knows Maine's soil, Maine's climate, and knows what plants will thrive here.
2: Someone who will make sure you find what you're looking for here or at
1: one of our other independent garden centers. We support each other and work together to satisfy you. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the independent garden centers of Maine at maineigc.com.
0: And We're back with more from the Joy of Gardening by Esther Brooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, and we're going live in a couple weeks. We're excited about going live. It's going to give all of you folks, since we're going to be really getting going, it'll be April 27th, and we're going to go ahead and be able to take questions on the air and have a nice interaction with all of you folks, be able to kind of answer your questions on the fly, what's happening in your garden each week, Um it's really important that we have that interaction with you. We have it every single day in the garden center, and let 's face it, the problems you 're having are the same problems that many other gardeners are having so don't be afraid to ask questions you know if you're seeing something odd don't hesitate to email pictures you know too it 's a good way uh, for us to to see things in advance. but live is going to be a lot of fun i'm looking forward to playing along with with all of you folks and answering your questions and whatnot. Um, We'll be posting the phone number to call on our website um, about a week before. Um, We're going to go ahead and start getting contact information. You'll see it on our Facebook page. We'll be in our newsletter. Um, We'll also have it. You can still submit questions via the email, com. Backslash radio. If you don't want to call in, we'll definitely have some times where we'll have guests in um, and have just a big interaction. So not every week we'll take questions all the time, but I've got a whole host of different people that are excited about coming on. So looking forward to that. That's uh, April twenty seventh. Will be the first live show, and that's from seven to eight eight a.m. on Saturday morning on News Talk WLOB, and. Let's uh, jump into another question, because uh, we've got a whole bunch of them. And this is from Alana from Kennebunk. She's having problems with her roses. Roses kind of can be temperamental, to say the least. But she fertilized her roses last last November, and actually October. And it seems like maybe she's had a lot of loss this spring. So a lot of her roses have not come back. And her question is Could it be the fertilizer that I put on last fall? And she used Miracle Grow. Oh boy, here we go. Miracle Grow is a great fertilizer, great for annuals. Alana, I think we damaged these roses. Um, unfortunately, if you've had good success with these for years, there's always when I'm diagnosing a problem on plants. There's always got to be some common denominator, or common stress, and you telling me that you fertilized in October last year concerns me a little bit. You probably could get away with it if you were using organic, you know, uh, granular fertilizer that was slow-acting, because we would get cold in November and the fertilizer would kind of shut down. Now with a liquid fertilizer like Miracle-Gro it's kind of like a drug. It instantly goes into the plant system and pumps them up and produces growth. So you probably saw your plants looked absolutely fabulous into November. All kinds of buds coming, flowers, new leaves. And we had a fairly warm fall last year. And I always am concerned with fertilizer on roses in the fall when we have what we call Indian summer. You know, we always have those couple weeks in October that it gets cool. We think the end of the season's near, and then you turn around, and the next week, it's 80, and beautiful, and you go, man, this is great. It's 75 degrees during the day, and it's 45 at night, and boy, if this was if this was a perfect world for me, it doesn't get any better than that. Fall is my favorite season. It's cool at night. I can sleep well, and uh During the day, it's nice and warm and sunny. I still get to wear jeans and, you know, maybe layer up a little bit if it's cooler. But with the roses, they want to go dormant and not have that fertilizer. Now, a dormant feed, like using a rose tone or something like that in November, just before the ground freezes, is a good way to go. But we probably were a little bit early. Um, It looks to me on here like you've lost some David Austin roses and you've lost some other shrub roses. So it's not like they're hybrid tea roses or something that, you know, we could lose 50% on a bad year regardless. So it seems like maybe this is a problem. So always be cautious when fertilizing your plants in the fall. We really want to put fall fertilizer down on plants just about the time the ground freezes. We're not worried about feeding the plants. We're actually feeding the soil, and using a organic fertilizer like Espoma doesn't matter what type of Espoma it is. You tend to feed the soil rather than the plant. Now with Miracle Grow, we're really feeding the plant over the soil. It doesn't really build any soil nutrients. Um, where the Espoma line of fertilizers basically is made of meals and micronutrients that are natural in the soil but we're boosting those up so you're actually by feeding the soil you're feeding the plants so I think that's probably our number one problem is the miracle grow if you use the Espoma, I think we might have got by but uh, we've got plenty of roses coming in we've got a few here now there'll be more coming towards early May again you want to be cautious about planting roses too early because of frost But the other thing is you always want to make sure that the bud union is planted below grade or mulched well in the fall. So when planting new roses, starting from the the get-go, planting depth is always an important thing. Whether or not the plant's on its own root or it's been grafted, please talk to our staff about that because that also makes a difference. Um, Many of the shrub roses now are on their own root which means there's no graft to crack or anything. We don't have to worry about what level to plant them. It makes them much easier to deal with. But something like David Austin's, where they are named varieties and they are not on their own root. There is a graft, a bud union, and you you can see that in the pot. It's a round ball, and then all the growth comes out of that. That needs to be buried a few inches below grade, if possible, or mulched in the fall. So Alana, I hope that helps with your question. I'm sorry to hear that you had some trouble with your roses. Please come in and see us. We'd love to help with some new selections. Next question. Oh boy, we're going back to the vegetable garden. I love it. Is it too early to start my veggie garden and what should I do to prep it? Well, we're on that cusp of you should be starting in your vegetable garden. But uh, if you have time, now's the time to make sure and get your soil test done. So come into the garden center, ask for a soil test or we sell the little packet test kits for a very inexpensive amount of money. But we also have test kits for the state of Maine, which you can send a soil sample off to the state. It's I think $10, it might be a little more. I might be dating myself. I am over 40 now, so Um, I've been taking a lot of abuse from that, too, in the last couple weeks. Um, But um, a soil test is going to give you more information than you ever would need to know. I want you to bring that soil test when you get it back from the state and bring it to us so we can go over it together. There's so much information in there. And not all of it is really necessary for you to have a very successful garden so you don't have to take the soil test so literal if it says you need a fertilizer that's 13 9 7 we probably can get away with a 10 10 10 it's not going to be that specific if it needs cottonseed meal and it says we need 50 pounds we may not need to put all 50 pounds that year. So we can work with your budget to make sure you're getting the maximum out of your garden, but not having to do everything all at once. You might do some in the spring, you might do some in the fall when you put it to bed, but we can help you make those choices. pH is always the most important thing in organic matter. Those are the two things that we always look at the most. We want to make sure and turn your soil, whether it be with a rototiller or by hand, depending on the type of and size of garden you have. And then compost. Um, This is something I I want to be cautious with people about because folks have really gotten into their vegetable garden, and I love that. But too much of any one thing is a bad thing. So moderation. Compost is something that you need to add, but you only need to add a little bit. Now, when you're first starting out your vegetable garden and it's a new plot, you may have to be a little more aggressive. And you can talk to us about that. But after that, light amounts of compost being added in each year is a good way to rejuvenate the soil. But three to four inches of compost in your garden can be detrimental you can basically over fertilize your plants have less fruit you can change your ph drastically because most composts that we sell are more ph balanced um, or higher in ph because of the shellfish content in them Um, so they tend to rise the ph and not all plants like that so you know, you may get your soil test back, and then you say, "Oh, I'm just going to add the compost I always add." Well, you may be changing everything that you did with with that actual soil test. So that's why it's important to come see us. It's about that time to start putting seedlings in the ground. All your coal crops you can start planting now. Um, you know, you can start getting some beets in the ground some carrots in the ground peas for sure beans maybe a little early radishes it's a great time Uh, lettuce yeah we're on that cusp spinach spinach is something that loves cold temperatures so make sure and and use a nice cover crop you know row covers um, if you can to protect from frost Um, We sell one called Harvest Guard. It's kind of like a cheesecloth product. With radishes, it's really good to plant your seedlings and then cover that and actually bury all four sides of it. It will keep the maggot out of your radishes without any spraying. So when you go to harvest, you just go ahead and pull them back. You harvest what you need to, and then you pull it back over and bury the uh, edges again. And so you don't have to spray at all for, you know, some of your pests on radishes. Also good to keep flea beetles off of your spinach. Um, But it's time to get going. Now, we talked earlier in the show, if you haven't got some of your seedlings started inside, it's time. You've got to get going, or you might as well come in and buy them from your local nursery tomatoes peppers eggplant uh those are all very long crops those are three that i would recommend you get going get seeded seed them to today come in get your seeds get your seed starting supplies get them going because we're running late um you know it takes a month six weeks for you to get the proper time frame on some of these plants otherwise you don't really build enough size energy um in your seedlings until it's really too late um, most of our seedlings in the garden center have already been transplanted probably a couple weeks um, we've sowed the seeds we're getting ready to transplant them into bigger pots as we speak and so we're getting ready and geared up you should definitely be working on that peppers and tomatoes and eggplant especially if you're looking for special varieties that you can't find in the stores you know make sure and seed those first uh, it's always very easy to come get a big boy tomato or a sweet 100 um, but maybe you want some heirlooms that you've had for years and those might be a little tougher to to find we have expanded our tomato line um, and vegetable line again this year and herbs uh, so we have a lot more things coming along the other thing that i want to talk about is we're talking about starting your seeds and whatnot. I want to make sure people understand you don't gain anything by putting warm loving plants into cold soil early. Every year and last year especially where we had such a warm spring we had people coming out of the woodwork wanting their tomatoes in early April and we'll have that this year again too I'm sure but getting tomatoes peppers and eggplant especially into cold soil so you grew them inside you've got them going they're looking really good and then early may you say i'm going to plant them and i'm going to protect them with a a water well or i'm going to cover them with a white bucket or i'm going to do all these things to try to get them established earlier it does nothing for you but stunt them your soil temperatures have got to be warm enough in order for them to actively take off and grow well So you don't necessarily gain anything by starting earlier. It's important for people to understand if you want to start them earlier, put them in a bigger pot, put them in a nice sunny window, put them out on the deck on warm days, let them root in warm soil, but keep that soil. You can bring them inside, keep the soil warm all night, put them outside in a nice sunny spot all day when it's nice out, and it will continue to grow, build root system and everything. And then the end of May, the soil temperatures are warm enough when you take that bigger pot and you put it into the garden, take a nice big hole, plant it extra deep, you know, make sure it's got all the staking and everything it needs. Then you can start fertilizing and it will just explode. You will have many more tomatoes. The plant will be stockier. It's just the, a good way to go. If you stick a plant out in cold soil, it sets it back it sets it back in a in a very negative way and i can always remember my grandfather saying don't plant those too early you're not going to get ahead of the game at all and so we would always focus on the other things that we could plant early and then we pretty much had you know that late may time frame and sometimes if it was a cold spring we just put it off two weeks into june and it was amazing how quickly You know things kind of got going now if you want to heat up your soil in your garden two good tips one use either a black or red plastic and i know plastic you know but what it does is it traps the heat in the soil so the sun hits it and people say red for tomatoes i've always used black plastic it allows the soil to heat up much quicker So you may put the black plastic down for two or three weeks. Water the soil thoroughly before you actually bury the plastic on top of the soil. Make sure and cover all edges, make sure it's nice and tight, and then use a bulb planter to cut holes in to plant. It will hold your weeds down and it will increase your heat in the early part of the season. Now once we get to later on in the season, maybe July or August, you might want to cut that plastic away. At that point, it's plenty warm enough you may want to open that soil up, plant some other things, uh, whatnot, but early season it makes a huge difference. The other thing is good fertilization after you get them in the ground, okay? It's important in the pot that you're doing the same thing. though, make sure if you're using a fish emulsion you know type fertilizer like Neptune's harvest or another. don't use it inside it, use it out on the deck when you move them outside because it does have an odor to it. Neptune's harvest isn't too bad, but some of the others can be quite, quite a bad odor to them. And I made that mistake once, um, and I think we talked about it with Carlos uh, when he had his his uh, salmon fertilizer that he gave me a sample, and I use it on my house plants. and oh boy that was just wrong uh, so i always like to tell people when you're using a, a a natural product like that there is a little bit of odor and be cautious i made the mistake i'm sure some of you will we all learn from our mistakes so we're going to take a quick break we'll be back from more of the joy of gardening by estabrooks on news talk wlob
2: You may not know it, but most lawn fertilizers actually spread chemicals and pesticides across your entire lawn. Until now, that's been the history of lawn care products. It's also why Espoma has developed an affordable, all-natural lawn program that is safe for kids and pets. The program consists of four organic fertilizers that are specifically formulated to keep your lawn green. Each product lasts two and a half times longer than traditional chemical products, and they won't burn your lawn or leach away. You already know Espoma as a name you can trust. They've been making organic plant foods like Hollytone and Plant Tone for over 84 years. Imagine, a great looking lawn that you're not afraid to walk barefoot on. It's a whole new day in lawn care. Look for Espoma organic lawn food products wherever quality lawn and garden products are sold. And visit Espoma.com videos to learn more about organic lawn care. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929.
0: The only thing you can be certain about is uncertainty, and that's why I want to introduce you and your family to Free Legacy Food, a company that offers affordable and delicious emergency food with a shelf life of up to 25 years. Think about the disasters that have taken place over the last 10 years and how the government has dropped the ball over and over and over. Folks, you and your family's survival is your responsibility. Go to FreeLegacyFood.com, FreeLegacyFood.com.
1: We know you have lots of choices when buying plants and garden supplies.
2: Wouldn't you rather come to someone at your local garden center where you know us and we know you?
0: Someone who knows Maine's soil, Maine's climate, and knows what plants will thrive here. Someone who will make sure you find what you're looking for here or at one of our other independent
1: garden centers. We support each other
0: and work together to satisfy you.
1: Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the independent garden centers of Maine at maineigc.com.
0: And welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by brooks We were talking vegetables. Oh boy. Vegetables. It's time. It's time. The seed selection is daunting when you come into the garden center. There's a ton of varieties. Make sure and talk to us. Um, some varieties are better than others. Some varieties we have more expertise with. We can't know everything about every seed. And I want to be perfectly honest with that it 's very, very important that you talk to us because some varieties do very well in Maine, and others don 't. We try to carry all varieties that do well, especially when it comes to flowers. Flowers are always something that 's a little more a um, little more questionable uh, as far as how well they do here in Maine. Some flowers take a long, long time to get to the flower stage so if you want some of those different things some of those heirloom things that you can't find at at your local garden center certainly uh take a look at seed we may need to talk about the time frame which you seed them and we also may want to steer you in a direction of how to use them in the garden because not all seed and not all plants are good growers so we do want to kind of lead you in the right direction But vegetable gardening, we're getting going. Herbs, good time to start putting your herbs in containers. Like we talked earlier in the show, can use them inside for a while and then put them out on the deck later. Great scenario as far as being able to harvest fresh herbs and use them in your dishes and then also have great success later on in the summer and a bounty of herbs later in the season. Let's take another question. This one's from Joan in Yarmouth and she's a new gardener brand new has a brand new slate brand new house Uh, has never really been a gardener is kind of this is their first home and is interested in finding a way to know all there is to know about gardening and I love that because she's very passionate and her question is how do I know when it's safe to plant I'm a new gardener and I want to get going I'm planting trees, shrubs, perennials, annuals, and vegetables this year and so much more. I love the energy, Joe. I'm gonna stop you and get you to slow down a little bit. Landscaping is something that you need to plan, okay? And most garden center owners wouldn't tell their customers this, but I'm gonna tell everyone who's listening. A garden center is a candy store. And people who love candy, we can sell anything to. Come with a plan to the garden center, or plan on coming to the garden center and talking to us and not purchasing. We're here to help. It's not all about us selling a plant every time you come in. Part of our job as independent garden centers here in Maine is that we're here to educate you now of course we have to stay in business and we have to sell plants and and you know we're here to do that but what I do want you to understand is that we're here to help you along the way and if you listen to kind of us and how we can help stage your landscape everything will pull together over time it will turn into a fabulous landscape Many customers, the problem they have is they don't focus on their landscaping. Okay, and when I say focus is pick an area and do it to the best of your ability and budget, and then stop. Many folks come in to the candy store and they buy a cartload of plants, they have no idea where they're going or where they're going to plant them, and they just say, I love this and I love that now we love you for for doing that because we need to stay in business and you know sometimes that's just fine you know like with annuals first thing in the spring you're doing your big annual planting perennials you can always find and nip and tuck but when you're starting to talk trees and shrubs they are a long-term investment they're an investment that you're gonna plant this plant and you're probably going to have it for 20 years maybe 15 maybe 10 depends if you get bored That's the nice part about gardens, is you can always change them. But trees and shrubs are a long-term investment. They're a long-term decision. They're something that you want to plan for, and you want to make sure that you're deciding the right location for the right plant. So more often than not, my suggestion is, print out some digital pictures of your home and the area that you're talking about. Bring in some measurements. Tell us what the soil conditions are like. Dig a hole before you come. If you need to, bring a bucket of soil. Understand how many hours of sunlight. You know, does it get sunny there at 10 in the morning and it gets shady there at 4 o'clock in the afternoon? Or does it get no sun until 3 o'clock in the afternoon? We need to know how many hours of sunlight. And then what other types of structures are in the area? Is there a deck in the area? Is there a lamp post? Is there a mailbox? Is there a big powered, you know, um box out in the middle of your lawn that you want to cover talk to us about those types of structures tell us what we need to deal with and then number one decide what your priority is maybe you can't stand your neighbor and you need to block the junk pile that might be the the number one priority you have and what we would do is we would focus in that area do that area the following spring fall month later whenever your budget allows you we'll do another project. And then when your budget allows, we'll do another project. Don't think you have to do it all at once. So what I want to do is caution you about biting off too much. The number one thing we see in the garden center is customers walking around wide-eyed and confused. You're not alone. You're a new gardener. We're there to help. It's a very easy place to get overwhelmed. There's so many varieties, there's so many choices. Let us help you make those choices that are gonna fit. Don't hesitate to look at magazines, pictures, even take pictures of some of your neighbor's homes, That the things that you like, and then we can identify what they are for you. But don't worry about asking questions. Don't worry about asking for help. Talk to us about soil prep. Talk to us about your plant choices. Now, when it comes to annuals and hanging baskets and, and your window boxes and patio planters, boy, you can go crazy with that stuff. And that can change every year. So you don't need to plan quite so much. Maybe you need to know how many plants you need. And then vegetables. Vegetables constantly can change. That's another thing. As long as you know the size of your garden and approximately how many plants you need, and plan it out a little bit. Then we can help you with choices of varieties that might work best for you. With starting a vegetable garden, start off simple. You know, don't don't reinvent the wheel. Um, you don't have to have everything the first year. Let's do stuff that's you're going to be successful and be happy with. And then we'll we'll have to start talking about maintenance. Once you've planted, what how often you need to fertilize and water and prune and all of that. So. There's much to learn, Joan. Don't hesitate to ask. And I'm excited for you. There's nothing better than a new house and a blank slate. Doesn't matter if you're decorating inside or out. It's always just fun to go through that process with customers. So, as far as the time frame to be safe to plant, you can plant trees and shrubs right now. We're starting to plant perennials. But check with us because some things like hosta and heuchera and bees and some other things might still be tender. You know, and we will want to protect those or plant them a little later. Trees and shrubs, you should be pretty good. Although we talked about Japanese maples earlier. So again, lean on us. You know, is it safe to plant? Sign up for our newsletter at estabrooksonline.com. We send out frost alerts. And I want to make sure people understand. We don't send you a bunch of junk. We don't share your information with other people. We send frost alerts in the spring when it looks like it's going to get cold and things are tender. We send a newsletter every Thursday with more information than anything. It's really not a big sales pitch. It's really more information about what you should be doing in your garden, how you should be doing it, what you should be doing. But that's a good way to make sure, you know, there's nothing better than an email. You know, at 5 o'clock at night. And you go home and you check it and you go, oh, jeez, there's going to be a frost tonight. And you run out and you throw a towel over the few things that are are tender and you're protected. Um, Or a nice sheet or a blanket or or whatnot. Don't use plastic. Unless you've got some stakes or something that, or a tarp or plastic tarp, the frost will go right through it if it's touching the plant. So make sure and put some stakes and drape it over. But it's time to get going, Joan. Come in, talk to us now's a good time to really do a lot of soil prep um, before you get planting and make too many choices but you know it's time to get going come on into the garden center uh, see our staff and uh, I think I think you're gonna be very very happy with the choices you make in the future so come in talk to us make informed choices and I think your garden and landscape will start to come together over the next five or ten years and I think we're probably getting close to the end of the show here now and it's time for the tip of the week and tip of the week is brought to you by the Maine Landscape and Nursery Association melna.org melna is a very important thing to me and one thing we're gonna talk about in the tip of the week uh, today is kinda goes along with Joan is uh, planning for your garden needs if you plan it will result in a lot better gardens. And what I want to make sure everybody understands is the earlier you talk to your landscape professionals about your needs, the earlier you talk to your nursery about what type of plants you want, what sizes, the better we can service you and the better your needs will be met. We love to talk plants any time of year. And it's really important that you understand the best landscapers the best landscapers the best nurseries landscapers book up early if they're good nurseries sell out of certain products as soon as they come in customers have already requested them and what i do want people to understand is the economy is coming back now you can listen to the news and talk about what's going on in washington and augusta and all of that you know we'll leave that to ray i'm not a big news person you know I, I i i focus on what is in front of me and what i need to do in my everyday life and what i'm seeing is the economy's coming back landscapers are getting busy again garden centers are getting busy again and you know what that means we're going to have a supply and demand issue in the next few years that means not as many trees are going to be available because During the downturn, the larger nurseries we buy from stopped planting. They cut their production numbers back. And when supply and demand gets in that place, what happens? We can't get what we need to supply you. Prices go up, and everything kind of starts to chug back along. Now, this spring, we're already seeing the signs we're seeing the signs of this supply and demand we're seeing landscapers i have not seen folks this busy in quite some time and i'm talking about you know really good quality companies companies that you know do the right thing every time they put the right soil in they put the right base under your walkway they do a great job they're booked they're booked into summer already now summer is always a good time to get landscape stuff done July and August is always a slow time for those folks. It's a good time, don't hesitate to schedule work for that time of year. But if you expect you're gonna pick up the phone and get every plant you want, and get every contractor to drop what they're doing and come to your house, those days are ending. Now we had that luxury for a few years, but it's come and gone, it's come and gone. Things are starting to tighten up, and so important good landscapers book months in advance great nurseries buy as much product as they can to have for the yard but we can't stock everything so if you have specific needs specific sizes specific varieties you want for your landscape talk to us any time of year we take what we call request sheets this is not an order what this is is It is a request, okay? We may not be able to fill every request, but what we do is we take those all year. And every time we go to do an order, we try to fulfill as many of those requests. We'll call you. We'll talk to you about what we can get, what sizes we can get for what prices. We'll hold on to those for the following spring. We may contact you in January. You know, you're sitting around the fire, having a cup of hot cocoa, thinking about Christmas trees, and you may get a phone call from Jim or I saying, hey, that magnolia you wanted, I can get that for you for spring. Um, I can order it now, and when it comes in, we'll tag it for you, you know, and and custom order that plant. If you've found it during the season from another nursery, that's fine. Merry Christmas, on your way. If there's something else you need, call us, let us know early. I had a customer last week come in wanted a bunch of plants unfortunately we can't get them for him he's a month too late that is a lose-lose situation for him and us so wanna make sure that customers really understand that and designers designers need time to put the pen to the paper a good creative designer cannot do a design in three minutes a good nursery professional can probably do one in 15 if it's simple a good landscape designer that's doing your whole yard may need weeks it's not just what they're designing on the paper that is the issue they have to check with us as nurseries what's available what sizes can we get it can we not get it there's a lot of things behind the scenes that you as customers need to know earlier is better get going make those phone calls it's time you're probably mulching and weeding and cleaning. It's time to also take the next step and say, well, if you've got that landscaper there, talk to him about what else you, you need done. He may not be able to do it right then. And don't ask him to necessarily do it right then. Let him schedule it out so other people aren't put off. It's very important. you know. I always like to respect other people that are in the schedule And Mother Nature is always the biggest schedule buster. So be cautious about when someone says they're going to be there on Tuesday. If it rains Tuesday or it rains Monday, maybe they can't get in to do your job. A good landscaper will call you. A good contractor will call you and reschedule. I hope you enjoy your Saturday morning. I know I'm going to. Off to the nursery. Got to sell some plants. Enjoy your Saturday. Hope to see you in the garden center. So get out there and have fun. Enjoy your garden. Tune in every week from 7 to 8 a.m. at WLOB, 1310 a.m. And WLOBRadio.com. To pick up the podcast, visit us at estabrooksonline.com. And uh, enjoy your week. We hope to see you next week.